0: Twenty-five twenty-five. now here are phil chris and pat with tonight's edition of sports talk
1: all right it is sports talk on a tuesday a tuesday night a talking tuesday here on sports talk great to have you with us our talking tuesday as we hear from the coaches brought to you by touchstone energy cooperatives phil cornblute and pat daniel here chris bergen from the bergy palace he was up at Clemson today, I was over at uh, South Carolina listening to Shane Beamer and the Gamecock players. We'll hear from both of the coaches uh, coming up, and your phone calls will be welcomed. And that number is 888-898-2525. Don't hesitate to call. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, we won't embarrass you unless we have to embarrass you, and certainly you can't. There's no way. It's impossible for you to embarrass us, okay? First of all, we have a 10-second delay Uh, to protect the listeners and secondly we're too smart we're too smart to be embarrassed triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the number
2: welcome in bergy how was the ride up the hill today oh it was nice beautiful day in the upstate today but before i get to that happy birthday how in the world did shane beamer know it was your birthday I have no handing idea. out cards and all this kind of stuff I, that, maybe that he comedians. maybe he's
1: a facebook fan or something i i have I like no that. idea you know but uh appreciate thought that, was nice that. Of thank you to, and yeah and pat thank you for your warm wishes uh today and and uh uh happy birthday yeah thank you
3: <laughs> cashing those social security nice. checks yeah big guy
1: <laughs> gavin thank you for your uh warm wishes as well gavin wearing his uh clemson
3: top uh what was that pat about who's about what about ca- social so security teasingly asking if you've started cashing out those social security checks <laughs> oh yet.
1: yeah baby oh yeah don't you worry you're I'm, welcome i've learned how to take advantage of the good old american system yes you're sir you're welcome so I'm, I'm never Gavin, gonna Pat, and I
2: yeah you're welcome we've we've paid plenty for you to enjoy yourself in the life of luxury well, i didn't say so i was enjoying
1: welcome. it didn't say i was enjoying it but thank you thank you very much the uh yes, sir the the bouquet of roses was a
2: bit much, but uh, appreciated uh, nonetheless. Hey, yeah, nothing's too much for you, my friend. I did think it was nice, though, to Coach Beamer pointed that out today. I was, yeah, thought that was Not interesting. Sure, he was saying it in a
1: heartfelt uh, manner. <laughs> I just think he was saying it as sort of a because typically uh, when somebody has a birthday in the media corps, he'll walk in and go, "Oh, hey, happy birthday, George," or "Happy birthday, Sarah." Right. You know, no, with me, he had to wait for me to ask a question. Is oh, by the way,
2: happy birthday, dear. <laughs> And and three of them. Yeah, you figured you'd take your your full punch. I'm going to get them all out at one time. I was trying to get it all in there, my one (laughs) opportunity.
1: Um, So as far as the Gamecocks are concerned, uh, coming off their uh, press conference today, um, from an injury standpoint, Jones is still out, and uh, Joiner is uh, doubtful. Uh, So that's uh, on the downside of the injury situation for the Gamecocks. Uh, Trey Knox uh, is fine now. He will play. He'll be ready to go full speed. Against Kentucky, he has a lot of respect for Kentucky. You know, the back and forth that he and Mark Stoops had over the sunglasses and all that kind of stuff, that's behind him now. And he respects the heck out of Kentucky's football team. You know, he points out that while they've lost four out of five, they lost to four really good teams yeah, during no that doubt. stretch. So, you know, you can't really judge them by that. Uh, they'll be tough. They'll be physical. They're going to run the ball with Ray Davis and a big offensive line. And Leary, the quarterback, is uh, can be dangerous. However – However, I do, like, I do like the Gamecocks here. They're underdogs. That line has moved, you know, uh, it's down to one and a half. And I, I like the Gamecocks here straight up. You can take the point and a half if you want to, but I like the right. Gamecocks at home at night. Uh, and if that were to happen, man, that would set up something really, really big for the next weekend. Whether or not Clemson beats North Carolina, what did Dabo have to say?
2: Uh, first off, uh the, from an injury perspective, Tyler Venables has been cleared and he is back. They're not sure how much they'll use him, but Dabo did say he'll have him available and they'll see how it goes, says he's done a really, really nice job of attacking his rehab to get back on the field. Evidently, he's also been coaching the team from the sidelines, and Dabo was lauding his ability to be a coach. He anticipates he'll follow, I guess, in his dad's footsteps and and be a coach on down the road. But uh, he talked a lot about North Carolina. I'm not sure there's a better bromance in the ACC than between Dabo Sweeney and Mack Brown. Um, he, He actually made the point when he first got the job that he called a bunch of coaches around the country, hey, I'm a new head coach, can you help me out a little bit? The only person, according to Dabo, that would call him back and actually invite him to come see them. Was, uh, was Mac Brown when he was out at Texas and he's just got tremendous respect for Mac Brown. Thinks Drake May is a guy that's going to have a long, long career if he stays healthy. And he actually, uh, he was, he was asked a question about how good a job defensively they did last year in the ACC title game against North Carolina and slowing Drake May in that offense down. He said, you know what? We didn't really do a good job. They converted way too many third downs. They had 26 first downs in that ball game. What he liked about what his team did was red zone defense last year against the the Tar Heels, he thinks that's going to be key, and also forcing uh, taking advantage of the turnovers that North. I think North Carolina had three, if I, if I'm not mistaken, in the ACC championship. But you you put that Clemson defense, which has been solid all season long, and may actually be getting a little bit better against the North Carolina offenses. Right now, Phil's ranked third in the country in total offense, behind just LSU and Oregon. So that'll be a fun matchup for sure. Watching Drake May and that offense go against Clemson's defense. Well, and for Clemson's standpoint. You know,
1: I know the freshman defensive backs had a big day last week against Georgia Tech, picking right. off passes. But this ain't this ain't uh, Georgia Tech's offense, and this ain't Georgia Tech's no. quarterback. I think that if you're Drake May and North Carolina, especially with Tez Walker and and uh, those receivers, man, you're 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 looking forward to a chance at mm-hmm. going against these young defensive backs. Now, depending on how long Clemson keeps those young backs. Out there, I think uh, Jones is, uh, may be back. Wiggins has been in the doghouse, so how much he plays remains to be seen. He has to clear up his issues there with Sweeney and the academic people. Um, but you're talking, and Lucas has been hurt, um, so you're talking about them uh, throwing a bunch of young guys out there. Which, yeah. looking ahead to next week uh, with South Carolina and Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett, I think when you talk about breaking that game down and handicapping that game, and you look at South Carolina's chances. You got to consider the fact that you're going to have Rattler, and Leggett, and Trey Knox, and and Simon, uh, and a Marion Brown, um, and others, uh, you know, going out there against that young secondary. The key for them will be, like it will be for North Carolina, uh, can they keep Clemson's heat off the quarterback? Can yeah, they give no them doubt. a time to to look downfield and uh, set their feet and and not feel panicked in the pocket?
2: Well, and the one thing that I think separates Drake May at North Carolina from Spencer Rattler at South Carolina, one thing Dabo touched on today was May's ability to run the football. He can make plays with his legs. We've seen Rattler, he can run when it's absolutely necessary, but Spencer is not a run-first quarterback. He is looking to make passes down the field, and at last resorts, will he get out of the pocket and run? May's a little bit different. He can he can make a lot of plays with his legs, so that, that is a concern for Clemson against this North Carolina offense that just moved it up and down the field last week against Duke. Mm. And Keep in mind, that's a Duke team that, that held Clemson, thankfully for the turnovers from a Duke perspective, but held Clemson's offense pretty much in check, and a good Duke defense that North Carolina just torched for 47 points. Now they had to go to double overtime to get that many, but nonetheless, I, I think Dabo is is right to be a bit concerned about what he's going to see from UNC's offense. He also, by the way, just to go ahead and get this out of the way, because I know Beamer was asked about Mississippi State, Dabo was asked about Texas A&M, and regardless of what uh Paul Feinbaum evidently said yesterday on his show, Dabo appears to have no interest <laughs> in going anywhere else. He said it must be November <laughs> because well, you're starting to see all these coaches be asked about other jobs.
1: Well, uh, and also Beamer was – well, you'll hear it as one of my questions. I asked him about Dow Loggins in Arkansas, and he said that they have – I thought that was a good talk. question
2: you asked. Well, yeah. thank you.
1: He said they have talked because it's a pretty obvious question. Arkansas is looking for an O.C. He once coached there. He played there. And uh, I don't know about his relationship. Uh, well, I guess he has a relationship with Pittman because he was there before he came to South Carolina. Uh, so I think it's an obvious uh, question about uh, uh, Loggins in uh, Arkansas. Uh, sure. Beamer believes he's very happy. He told him he's very happy in Columbia. And, um, you know, a lot depends with these guys, of course, who am I going to have to work with? Who, what kind of talent will I be able to work with at quarterback? And I think you got to like what South Carolina has coming down the road in quarterbacks because Sellers, everybody thinks he is going to be fantastic. Okay. And you've seen glimpses of him. And then you've got Dante Reno coming in. And they're very much in the hunt for the quarterback in Ohio in the 2025 class, uh, Ryan Montgomery. And they've already got a 2026 quarterback committed. Not to mention, you know some of the other guys in the quarterback room, but I guess there's really no need mentioning them because I don't think any of them are going to be a factor uh, moving forward. You might see a right. bunch of those guys. Well, a few of those guys uh, decide to, like, you know, Tanner Bailey, for example, who was such a highly uh, touted kid coming out of Alabama, had all kind of great numbers, but you know, he, he, he got behind people at South Carolina and he can't move up. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Gauthier. I mean, he's never going to play. So if they decide to continue their football careers, it might be somewhere else. And then there's this story just breaking from the Bruin Report. I guess that's an on-three outlet. UCLA is likely to fire Chip Kelly after the Southern Cal game. So that would be another one. How about that? UCLA likely to fire Chip Kelly after the Southern Cal game. Dan Lanning has said he's not going anywhere from Oregon. Take him Mm -hmm. out of the – a conversation about A&M. Then a guy from A&M who covers A&M, a Billy Lucci, the top guy there on yes. the Internet, he said that's not even a question. He was never in
2: the mix anyway. So um, round how and round we How can you we'd be go. in the mix of something that just uh, allegedly has just occurred 48 hours well, ago? Well,
1: I mean, how do these guys come out with <laughs> quote-unquote candidates within, seriously, right. 10 minutes of a job mm-hmm. opening, and they give you five candidates? So first of all, they're misusing the word candidate, right? I mean, if that's all you call somebody, a candidate is somebody who has put their name on the line wanting a job, like a presidential candidate. I mean, I could call you a presidential candidate, though you haven't announced that you're running for president. That doesn't make you a candidate. You have to actually take the action of going after something before you're a candidate. So the word candidate is widely misused in the media when it comes to identify. Now, you might can say, here are some people who might become a candidate. They so wish list. Quickly, yeah, so quickly we go to, here are the candidates. Here are the top candidates. You don't even know if the people are interested. That's why there's so many uh, wrong names tossed out there early on in these coaching searches. And eventually, you know, somebody just wants to be right with one out of ten people they throw out there, and they can say, oh, see, I told you. I told you from the very
2: beginning this guy was going to get the job. <laughs> anyway. Um, where, was the, where was the plane? You know, where was the school's plane? Yeah. Because there was a situation earlier today. I saw a tweet about Jamie Chadwell, whose name has evidently been linked to Mississippi State. And he sent out a tweet talking about his own radio show. And evidently the location on the tweet was Starkville, Mississippi. Oh, sh- for, whatever, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so you have to be careful wait, wait, what wait, you wait. Know, on social media and where the plane is and all that fun stuff. Somebody... Somebody
1: tweeted that the location of the tweet was
2: Starkville, Mississippi. I'm, I'm looking if, if this is CFB Home on Twitter actually has a picture of Jamie Chadwell's Twitter page, and it says "See everyone on Wednesday," and it's a it's a response to the Liberty Flames Sports Networks uh, promo of his coaches show on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. And uh, down at the bottom where it has the location. You know, you can click a location and put, like, when we cover, say, yeah, when yeah. you go up to Clemson or yeah. go down to Columbia, you can yeah. click in Death Valley or williams It actually says Starkville, Mississippi on the location. I don't believe it. He, he, I, <laughs> I find it I hard to believe, believe it. Myself. I just don't
1: believe that. <laughs> he is not that stupid. No, 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 no. And so you're suggesting that here on a Tuesday, he does have a game this week, doesn't he? Does Liberty have a game yes. this week? So, you're telling me that Jamie Chadwell would leave his team on a Tuesday, the biggest practice day of the week, to go down to Starkville, Mississippi, where he would, on Twitter, (laughs) put out a tweet that would indicate that
2: he's in Starkville, Mississippi. You want me to believe that, right? Well, they are playing UMass. They may not need practice this week. I mean, they they may just be able to show up Saturday
3: and beat UMass. I'd like to know. I wonder if somebody –
2: I wonder if somebody photoshopped that
3: or something. Well, you Chris, know. you know Coach Chadwell better than we do. Is he much of a prankster? Does he like to troll people? Because oh. you, can, oh, yes. you can change that no, there, location no yourself doubt. to wherever you want.
2: <laughs> there's no doubt. That, that would not surprise me. I would actually believe that more than the fact that he was actually in Starkville, Mississippi today. Because he's got a great sense of humor. Well, that and if he wants to mess with some people, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, Pat. That's funny. That
3: could be it because you can absolutely set your location to whatever you want. So he could have been sitting on <laughs> his couch, sitting there giggling, eating funyuns while doing that.
1: So, <laughs> so see, I see what you said now. Chadwell learned a valuable lesson today about turning location off for his tweets. And so these people believe he was in Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, you got to be smarter than that. Maybe he did that. Maybe he is trolling. I I can. I, it wouldn't surprise
2: me in the least. I, like I, would, I said, he's
1: got a great sense of humor. I would bet, I would put Pat's job here at Sports Talk on the line, because I'm not putting anything valuable out there, that uh, Jamie Chadwell was not in Starkville, <laughs>
2: Mississippi today. Yes, no, I I totally don't believe that in the least you know i do believe and i think pat's uncovered something though i think he's just having some fun on social media well then if that's the case if he if he did that then kudos to him
1: he's a genius yeah <laughs> i mean seriously i'm that's funny that's funny all right um a couple of other notes and we'll get to your phone calls 888-898-2525
3: not to diminish your job pat your job's very important. Yes, we I, couldn't I, get
2: on the air if I kicked to the curb.
3: I was about to say, if I walk out right now and turn <laughs> off the mics, I don't think Phil could figure out how to turn them on. So.
1: <laughs>
3: I just didn't want to put money out there. I didn't
1: sure, want to sure, risk sure. money, so I had to have something else to throw out there. A uh, couple of other notes, and we'll get to your uh, phone calls. Uh, 888-898-2525. Let's update the poll question of the week. As of um, this week, we'll do it again next week and see how things compare. But with a short week next week, no show on Thursday Thanksgiving. Who do you think wins the football game? Four hundred twenty-four votes. Fifty—it's grown in South Carolina's favor. Where's this coming from? Fifty-seven point three percent say Gamecocks. Forty-two point seven percent say uh, Tigers uh, to win the game on Saturday. Uh, let's see what else we have here of interest. Uh, South Carolina's uh, Camilla Cardosa. SEC Player of the Week and one of the five, Ann Myers Drysdale National uh, Player of the Week from the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. And uh, let's see. Oh, a story here about University of Arizona. University of Arizona. Um, Where's it at? Oh, the Arizona Wildcats are facing a $240 million school wide shortage. After significant miscalculations in their financial modeling, cuts are being considered among the school's 23 varsity sports. Everything is on the table in terms of dealing with athletics. Aye. That's crazy. They currently field 23 teams, six more than the Big 12 average. So, really, how about that? All right. Uh, Speaking of – well, this is probably a good connection. Speaking of money – and I'm not picking but I'm kind of picking. I saw this the other day and I just I don't know just something about it doesn't doesn't feel right to me. You tell me what you think. So there's something called Forever Garnet Memories. This is a USC thing. Something called Forever Garnet Memories, okay? You ever heard of this? I have not. Okay. So this thing with the university is called Forever Garnet Memories and a they say they put out a release. They say they're expanding into men's and women's basketball with the addition of some game day experiences. These experiences okay. will provide Gamecock fans to make more memories at Colonial Life Arena. Okay, that's great. Uh, basketball forever garnet memories will include watching warm-up from the baseline as in-game, an in-game visit from Cocky. Video messages and post game photos with Cocky, isn't that great? God dang, that's great! But there's a catch. How much? (laughs) To watch the warm ups from the baseline is fifteen dollars a person. To have a video board message is fifty dollars a message, a maximum one hundred and forty characters. To visit with Cocky at your seat and take a photo. $20. $20. Two. Post-game photo with cocky to commemorate your game day experience with a post-game photo. On the court, $50 for four people. So, they want you to have great memories and a great game day experience, but they want you to pay more for it. Does that just seem kind of cheesy?
0: Well, that it, just seem, so what it, is
1: it just me? or no, Seriously, does that just sound like we're going to milk you for every penny we can get out of you for things that you used to get for free?
2: Well, I'm not sure how often you could just stand on the baseline during a game. That's that's probably not. And, and Cocky would wander around. You, know, you could probably get a picture of him for free. But my guess is that they're targeting families here for birthday parties and that kind of stuff. This sounds like going to, you know, uh, Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party. Instead, you'll go to the basketball game. They'll put a uh, message up on the board, happy birthday johnny or sarah and then get a chance to have a picture with with cocky and obviously the parents would take care of all of that stuff now from a kid's perspective i think that'd be really really cool for the three of us probably not all that worthwhile mm. i'm not sure I'd, I'd pay that much money to go uh, have a picture with cocky and go stand on the baseline when i can watch warm-ups from my seat so you can i mean you can
1: stop at the baseline anytime and watch warm-ups Okay, I see people walk back and forth all the time mm-hmm. during pregame. They just stop and, and watch them do layups and shoot jump sure. shots. I mean, that's pretty exciting. Uh, cocky roaming around the arena. Have you ever seen Cocky or the Tiger or any mascot turn away a kid who wants to have no. a picture with them?
2: No, that's the last thing you And want put to their do. paw
1: out and say, okay, but here, give me $20? I mean, I'm sorry. I I just – are you that desperate for money at South Carolina that you got to – to squeeze another, you know, $15 from a, a parent who's probably, you know, if they're a Gamecock, uh, if they give to the Garnet Trust and they're giving money to the football players and they're members of the Gamecock Club, I mean, they're already giving you, you know, hundreds if not thousands of dollars. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was kind of cheesy, but that's just me.
3: Two thoughts, Phil. One, I'm agreeing with you on almost all of this. First of all, what happens if – and, and Chris kind of alluded to this. What happens if a family just walks up to Cocky down on the baseline and snaps a photo? Is some guy going to chase you down and start demanding money? Because what's, like, what's going to make this official versus unofficial? Or if Cocky is wandering around or whatever, if anybody just suddenly leans in, even if you don't ask, we all have very high-quality <laughs> cameras in our right, pocket, right. and <laughs> you just turn it on to selfie mode and go, hey, cheese, click <laughs> yeah. and take a photo. It's not like Cocky needs to be looking anyways. I mean, his eyes are fake, so it's not like it matters what direction he's pointed is somebody going to come chase you down? Yeah. And then the second part I have is I think schools are, and it's not just South Carolina. I think everybody is starting to try to milk fans. I think a lot of mm-hmm. these folks are starting to wonder, where's the line? Yeah. How far can we push this? And to this point, has there been a line? I mean, fan, good teams still sell out their stadiums. Season tickets packages are still being sold across the country. People are buying up those $10, 12 $14 beers, glasses of wine, whatever, at ball games. So to this point – Fans have not kind of collectively said no. Mm-hmm. So until that happens, why wouldn't, uh, let's face it, a corporation or any kind of business, why wouldn't they continue trying to nickel and dime their their customers? Until the customers say no, mm-hmm. they have no incentive not to. Exactly.
1: Absolutely. Okay, um, let's jump to a quick phone call, and then um, we will continue with your phone calls, and then we'll hear from the coaches on a Talking Tuesday. Oh, let's go to Tiger Bryan in Lancaster. I guarantee you. He'd pay $50 to have a picture next to Cocky. Tiger Bryan, welcome in. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Happy birthday, Corn. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hey, I'll tell you what, I hope you have a bunch of more because I enjoy hearing y'all. Every, well, I'd like to have a few movie. more. Thank
1: you. Yep, yeah, I'd like to keep well, it going.
4: Yeah. <laughs> keep it go, going. Hey, listen, you come out that Cocky and all. Hey, they paying the players. Hell, they, hey, they don't play the mascots, do you? <laughs> well, mascots got to eat. Cocky's yeah, gotta got to eat. They got to have the beer money on Saturday night. You got the games. <laughs> but no, I got a question for you. But let me just say this. Kind of let, me just, let, let me say
1: this. I could not see, and you know, you're Clemson guy. I mean, maybe Clemson would do that. I couldn't see Clemson doing that. You know, saying, "Hey, have a picture with the with the tiger," and it cost you fifty bucks, or um, you know, walk along the baseline at Little John's. Going to cost you fifteen bucks. Yeah. I just. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, Graham Neff's going to go there one day with his with his department, but uh, I sure couldn't see it.
4: Well, you never know. You know, it's commercialized so much now, you know what I mean? But uh, i got a question for you. You know, you talking about North Carolina and South Carolina against our defensive line. Do you actually think Notre Dame was that sorry or we were just lucky? I mean, we outplayed Notre Dame, we outplayed Georgia Tech, and we outplayed both both Carolinas coming up, my brother.
1: Yeah. All right, we'll address that after the break. (laughs) Thank you, Tiger Brian. That's a good question. I mean, can North Carolina's offensive front handle Clemson's defensive front? And the same question will be there for South Carolina. We'll attack that after the break and take more of your calls. are back sports talk sports talk media network shout out to our buddy eddie listening to us on our stream for the happy birthday wishes thank you eddie appreciate that uh feel free to comment on our stream we need to make more uh, pay more attention to uh, our comments on stream and facebook and all that kind of stuff so feel free to comment there and if we happen to see it we'll respond to something that's worth uh, responding to and don't forget of course if you lose us over the air we hope that you don't and we hope that you're listening to one of our fantastic affiliates around the state, and we have great stations all around the state of South Carolina. Those folks do a great job, and we appreciate you. But I know sometimes you cut away for whatever reason, and you want to stay and listen to Sports Talk. Well, you know, we've got our streams, but also I want to encourage you to download the free Chief Sports app, okay? Uh, it's just a great way to get us and other programs that you might want to listen to. So uh, make sure you download that. Go to your Apple Store or your Play Store, and um, and just download it. It's free, and it's a one-click sort of deal to be able to hear us uh, click, click, maybe two clicks. Click here, and click again, and boom. You got us. Quality is excellent. So do that so you can always uh, be with us if you can't uh, find us over the air. Now, going back to Tiger Bryan and the matchup of Clemson's defensive front and North Carolina's offensive front, one thing you have to be um, impressed about North Carolina's offensive front, they're big and they're old. you got three graduate students and a junior who's played a lot and then a sophomore at their left tackle. But they go 330, 305, 290, and 315 across the front, Chris. So that's a pretty big offensive line. It's an experienced mm-hmm. offensive line. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys uh, played against Clemson in the championship game last year, I would imagine. And so they know what they're up against with the Clemson defensive front. Now, does that matter? you still got to go out and play. Are they quick enough? Are they big and, and slow? Or do they have some athleticism? And can they uh, hold up against the, the rush that they're going to get from that Clemson defensive front? And don't forget, uh, they like to shoot those linebackers in there as well. So you're gonna they're, they're going to throw pressure at May to some degree. But then again, you run the risk of those defensive backs. And if you're starting a couple of freshmen – You leave them naked back
2: there, and North Carolina can burn you. And North Carolina has been pretty good to run the football thus far this season, too, Phil. They rank inside the top 20, averaging about 200 yards a game rushing. And some of that, as I mentioned earlier, is Drake Mays' ability to make plays with his legs. I think the one thing about about North Carolina, though, uh, how will they handle the environment? They haven't won. This is an amazing stat, but they haven't won at Clemson since 2001. Mm. They've never beaten Dabo. At Clemson, of course, they don't play every year. They've only been up there four times since that win, but you have to go back to Tommy Bowden the last time the uh, Tar Heels went into Death Valley and pulled away a win. They don't play in atmospheres like that all the time. Um, And, you know, obviously Clemson's one of the most difficult places to play in the ACC, certainly in the country as well. So how they'll handle that, and that's going to be on the offensive line. Can they communicate with crowd noise? and can they make sure they pick up all those different blitzes and and different stunts and and the whole nine yards that that Clemson front seven can can bring at them. I think that's going to be fun to watch, too, how that offensive line holds up against against Clemson. Now on the flip side, Tiger Bryant also mentioned South Carolina the following week. The Gamecocks are in a totally different boat. They've had struggles at offensive line all season long. I think they'll have to have somewhat of a similar game plan that they did again the first half against Georgia not allow that rush to get to Spencer. You've got to move him out of the pocket, move him around, because you know you're not going to be able to run the football uh, unless Mario Anderson continues to have uh, just a stellar tail end of the season. So if they can't run the football, got to find a way to get those wide receivers involved quickly and get Rattler out of the pocket. And I think, for the most part, they did a pretty good job of that last year. But can they do it again this year be another story.
3: And, guys, another thing, too, let's talk about the flip side of the Clemson offensive line against that North Carolina stout defensive line. We saw firsthand what that Tar Heel uh, defensive front was able to do against the Gamecocks. They had, what, eight sacks that game? Eight or nine sacks, I believe, against the Gamecocks to open the season? Yeah, they hit Rattler. Every which way he, he mm-hmm. turned, they were in his face. And now that offensive, I mean, that offensive line for Clemson, they they did improve. They have shown a lot of improvement the last couple of weeks. They, they looked good against Notre Dame. But we have seen throughout this season when Cade Klubnick has pressure in his face, he has a tendency to make mistakes. Now he certainly has cut down on those as the season has progressed, or at least the last few weeks. But if North Carolina is able to get in the backfield against that kind of revamped, rebuilt Clemson offensive line, That also could be an issue. All right, phone number, 888-898-2525.
1: Talk about basketball for a moment. Uh, Last night, South Carolina beat VMI. Not a good shooting night for the Gamecocks, but they did win. Presbyterian won again at the Citadel. South Carolina State beat North Florida. Charleston Southern beat the Souffles of Johnson & Wales. (laughs) The Souffles. And tonight, you've got Wofford. Playing at Tennessee, okay. Good test there for uh, the Terriers. Let's go back to uh, your phone calls. Uh, 888-898-2525 Hey Finn,
2: I hear Finn in the background. Wow, you do. He's in the other room with the door closed into into my sanctum, you know, my inner sanctum in here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's upset about something. I'm I not do. sure what it is. Maybe it's a burglar. <laughs> Have you ever checked to see if it's a burglar? Is he good against burglars? I don't know, and I hope I never have to find you might, out. You might be finding out. <laughs> All right, let's go to Bruce in Missouri. Uh, the good thing about us being on camera, though, if yeah. if my house does get broken into, we'll have video evidence. You know, of me getting dragged away and beaten over <laughs> there with a baseball bat. <laughs> we don't, you know what though?
1: Uh, I, I'd hate it for you, but we would probably become very famous. You know, it would oh, probably. There's no doubt. Yeah. What's that? What would that thing uh, on the internet? It's called. Um, not trending it's called uh, buh, 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 buh. what's it called on the internet when something like takes off
2: well trending Oh, viral viral yeah. viral, viral the video yeah. would go viral Viral. Yes. yeah but if radio video, announcer yeah. club to death and home yeah that that that, that During, going really well. live on his show
1: <laughs> hey you know what for the sake of the show and
3: popularity i wouldn't mind seeing that so uh, well i appreciate that <laughs> i can see the second part of the headline this happens while dog licks arm of intruder or tries to give him his tennis ball to play fetch. All right, let's go to Bruce in Missouri. Bruce,
1: welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
5: I'm doing just great, Phil. Um, happy birthday to you. Hope you have many, many more like I have. Thank you. And and uh, I got an idea for, for Caroline. They, You know, they just don't know what what to do about anything, I I think. And I think if, um, you know, for $50 to give pictures you know, cocky. I think they you know change the name to uh, Gamecock Larry and he'll get a hundred dollars a shot mm. because he's a famous cheerleader for uh, the Gamecocks. And I think he deserves that honor to name, get cocky's name to uh, Gamecock Larry and, and have pictures taken with Gamecock Larry mascot.
1: Well, you'd have to kind of dress him up a little bit. I would say, um,
5: well, there, yeah, they'd be changes, of course. You yeah, know, but I mean, yeah. it's an honor to, to hear Gamecock Larry on there. Yeah, going through the Gamecocks. I mean, he's it's uh, it's in his heart and mind and soul, and he's gonna live it. And so are you listening to him? There ain't no, no doubt ain't to him.
1: There ain't no doubt what Gamecock Larry wants. There ain't no doubt. He mm-hmm. is all Gamecock through and through. Yes, sir. What else you got?
5: That's about it. That's all I wanted to call. Thank Not you, Gamecock Larry.
1: Thank you very much. Well, uh, if we can get Gamecock Larry to go out in the public and stand there and shake hands for a hundred bucks, I bet you he would do it. You know, I bet you. Uh, you know what? Gamecock Larry doesn't need the money. He'd probably do it for nothing just to support the Gamecocks, and, and probably so, and rattle dabbo. That's all he he would do it for for those <laughs> for those reasons alone. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Sad note. Wanted to pass along. I uh, ran across this last night. Uh, From here in the state, former PGA Tour member Mike Gravely out of Greer. He passed away on Sunday, age of 69, after a battle with cancer. His brother announced that. He was a 1980 member of the PGA Tour. Then he regained his amateur status and won a lot of championships over the years in South Carolina. So I want to pass that note on to those who follow golf in South Carolina. I'm sure we'll talk with George about that on Friday night when he joins us. How about this story? UCLA recruits on official visits were the ones who robbed Colorado's locker room at the Rose Bowl. I couldn't believe this
2: when I saw this earlier today. I mean, how does that happen? And, and what do you do about it? Well, I would hope UCLA would stop recruiting those players, first off, if that's the case. I mean, do you want thieves on your team? Have they I mean, identi- there's nothing lower have they, you know, in, have they in a locker room. Have they identified these guys? That's a good question. The only thing I saw was what you just read. Yeah. And like I said, if if this is true, I would hope UCLA is not recruiting those guys again and they're prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Because I mean, there's nothing lower in a locker room. You want to talk about mistrust in your team? Have some people steal stuff from other teammates in a locker room. Now, this is even worse. I mean, you've got recruits on campus going into the visitor's locker room and stealing stuff. I mean, it's unfathomable to me.
1: Uh, And this note from Lou Bajak from the state, the high school league's executive committee expected to vote tomorrow on which model to approve an effort to help level the playing field for high school athletics in South Carolina. That decision will come in an era where charter and private schools are having greater success in sports in the smallest classifications. The Mm -hmm. executive committee uh, listened to six different proposals on the matter last week. Those ideas were trimmed down from 12 discussed uh, over the past couple of months. Uh, Lou writes, according to sources close to the situation, the two proposals that have the most traction are one, an out-of-zone multiplier, and two a multi-factors reclassification model if the plan gets approved tomorrow it will go into effect for next school year twenty-four twenty-five. it will also factor into the biannual realignment process that will wrap up soon and take effect for 24 through 26. so The two plans believe they have the most support. The out-of-zone multiplier plan, the staff, the high school league staff, would use the 45-day enrollment data for students in grades 9 to 11 in order to rank schools from largest to smallest. The league staff would add a multiplier of three for each student who lives outside that school's assigned attendance zone. Woo. Three classes. Hmm. That would be interesting. That multiplier would get capped or have a ceiling at 1,300, which is roughly in the middle of Class 4A. Hmm. Now, the other proposal, the multi-factors proposal, would be based on a formula using scores from four different elements, school enrollment and location, from four different elements. Oh, I'm sorry, from four different elements, colon, school enrollment and location, as well as poverty level of the student population and an out-of-attendance score. The out-of-zone multiplier would be easier to calculate and explain, according to those familiar with the process, telling Lou this. While the multi-factors proposal has a lot of merit, he writes, there are a lot of moving parts that would make it more difficult to manage. So it sounds to me like we're going to go, I bet you they go with that first one. It sounds... Yeah, I would agree. It sounds more clean cut. The multi, no, that would be the uh, out of zone multiplier. You multiply it by three and you cap it at 1,400, 1,300, a ceiling of 1,300. So you would put those schools in the 4A. They'd go from double A yeah. to 4A. In yeah, no, some cases, I guess single A to 4A.
2: So would that make yeah, everybody wow, happy? That's true.
1: Would that make you happy now?
2: You think? I think it would make the lower classification certainly happy. Oh, Because yeah. their biggest complaint has been that Oceanside and Gray and, uh, you know, Christchurch and Bishop England and all these schools have had an unfair advantage. And if they got them out of 1A and 2A, but does that solve the problem or does it just kick the can into another camp where the 4A teams are now upset about it? I think, though, the 4A schools, because of their size, would be able to handle this considerably better. And it's worth a shot. I don't know that we're ever going to come to a a great solution until we get to a situation where there are enough charter schools in South Carolina that they can play in their own division altogether. Sure. But until we get to that point, I think that's probably the the multiplier to me was the best option of of a messy situation. And it's never going to make everybody happy, Phil, but I think that's the best option of the bunch.
1: All right, going to run to the break here on Sports Talk. We'll come back to take more of your phone calls. 888-898-2525. Reminder for you, you're looking to head down to the beach to get away for a vacation. Make sure you give our man Jimmy Smith a call at 843-237-4246, online at pauliesvacationrentals.com. Be back in a moment.
0: football season is upon us and that means columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country no matter where you're from gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in south carolina's capital city book hotel rooms find pre and post game activities and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com we'll see you soon and go gamecocks We're with
1: Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, it's the fall in South Carolina. That means it's deer season. What do people need to know about?
6: That's right, Phil. It is deer season. We always want to remind hunters to identify your target. Know the identifying features of the game you're hunting. Make sure that it is a deer before you take that shot. When walking to and from your stand in low light, use a flashlight so that no one will mistake you for a deer. For
0: more information on hunting safety and more information on deer season, listen to our show on Wednesday on the Sports Talk Media Network. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more. More on electricity. And members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through Co-op Connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives. And as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
4: George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports. And some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training.
0: And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different. It's engaging. But it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi,
1: this is Phil Cornblute. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today.
0: investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step Towards reaching your financial goals security offered through LPL Financial. This year's Carolina and Clemson
7: Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000 whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the second chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50, $75 or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much. So get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second chance odds depend on number of entries received.
0: Your home is where your memories
7: live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at
3: scfbins.com.
6: Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs.
1: Back we are. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Triple Eight 898 2525. We go back to your phone calls. It is Ted Nelson. Ted Nelson. Nelson in Spartanburg. Nelson, welcome into Sports Talk tonight. Good to have you with us.
8: Thank you very much. You were uh, speaking on a topic that that uh, I was actually calling about. Uh, I found out you uh, know this past uh Friday night J L man beat Spartan High in state playoff game. Correct. And I, you know, I haven't kept up with it a lot, but I was kind of shocked. I was like, how in the world can uh you know can they lose to a team like that? And then I find out that in Greenville County now they have uh, they have the whole county is, is open. So J L man had thirty two transfers into the program. And then of course Spartan High had a second string quarterback because of starting quarterback was out, and they still only scored three points. I think we threw two pick sixes. But uh, the high school league needs to do something about that. You can't you can't have a situation where a couple of high schools in a county can just uh, recruit their whole county and put, put teams out on the field. That, that, that seems like just utter nonsense to me. What do you think about it?
1: Well, listen, I come from the thinking that you grew up in a neighborhood and you went to the school in your neighborhood. Like it or not, that was your school, and if they were good, so be it. If they weren't good, that's the way it was. But in today's society, um, people are concerned about, you know, having a chance to, like if you're a – and can you blame them? I mean, would you care? You know, let's say you had a daughter, okay, and you're zoned for a particular school. You have a daughter who's a great piano player and singer, and your school doesn't – have a really good program, but the school across the county is excellent, you know, award-winning. Uh, wouldn't you want your daughter to maybe go there and, and work with those people? Um, so I, Now, now J.L. Mann has a new coaching staff. I don't know that story that you're talking about here, so I really can't speak from first hand knowledge uh, how they would attract people from across the county, as you say, to go there. I, I don't know how that works and why they would unless – this coaching staff and what they're doing at Jo Man is very appealing to people up there. I don't know. I'm I'm not there and I can't speak on firsthand knowledge. But you see the point that I'm making now.
8: Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Greenville County is the one that you know. Greenville County is one school district. Spartanburg we have seven school districts. Uh, but Greenville County, the whole county over there, is just one single district. Right. But uh, they changed the rules where where anybody in their county can. Uh, can be recruited into or can move to uh any particular high school so so jl I maybe mean, it was discussed uh well, if it's if it's, if if it's on one Fox school Sports district
1: and, if it's just one school district then i i chris
2: i don't see where that's an issue do you Hey, I'm all for school choice. And if parents believe they can get a better opportunity at JL Man or at Hillcrest High School versus Malden or Greenville High, uh, all for it. I, I, don't think, I don't think we should limit parents', parents' ability to put their kids in a situation. I realize this is mostly sports-related, but uh, just from an educational standpoint, I don't think we should put limits on where parents can send their kids to school. They feel like they're going to get a better education in other schools, so be it. They ought to have that opportunity.
1: What about athletes? I mean – are you okay with a guy who, you know, changes three or four high schools just to find, say he's a quarterback, he just wants to find the best opportunity to play or the best quarterback coach, the best head coach, so he moves from school to school to school. We've seen that now, happen. Now, obviously,
2: yeah, and I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of that in college, but, I mean, we've, we've, we're have we've down the road here. I mean, I've, I see schools that have, uh, at the collegiate level, certainly not in favor of at high school level. I think uh, teaching some adversity is a good thing. Uh, at the high school level and learning to uh, work within a team and a team that's maybe not very good and try and make them better. But, I mean, we've seen it so much in college, it it had to trickle down eventually to the high schools. But in terms of school choice like Greenville County
1: has – Go ahead, Nelson.
8: I was going to say, well, in that case, uh, I think the big four here in Spartanburg, uh, Spartan High, Burns, Dorman, uh, Bowling Springs, uh, then we need to recruit the whole county because I can assure – I can assure Greenville that we don't have to do that to beat them almost all the time because they're terrible in football. Over that's the reason why they did it. But maybe we should start doing that. We'll build four schools that that nobody can stay on the field with. Of course, but, Greenville uh, people yeah, used I, to complain. I, I,
1: I just, Greenville people used to complain that they were losing their coaches to Spartanburg County because
8: you paid better <laughs> over there, right? Yep. And they and they. Well, and they pay better. The teachers and coaches all make a lot more money. But anyway, that's all I had. Okay. Thank you. All right.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a touchy subject. I get it. Uh, but you're, you're right, too. I mean, how can you say to somebody you can't go over there to improve yourself if you got that opportunity? Be back after the top.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's triple eight eight nine eight twenty five twenty five. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: So we just heard from the great, and I say this with with truth: the great, no doubt, Mike Anthony, indeed, who sounds like a a Roman god, Mike Anthony. That was Mark Anthony, wasn't it? This is Mike yes, Anthony, it was. yeah. Uh, who, of course, was uh, in the state house. He was a football coach, great football coach, and then in the state house where he tried not to raise our taxes, but I think he, you know, I'm not going to say which party he was with, but the one that always does. Um. <laughs> well, that narrowed it down quite a bit. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, he was in Greenville County, and he knows all the football around the state, but he knows it up there as well, and he just – shot me an explanatory uh, text hmm. uh, and he said, Greenville has school choice for ninth grade only and you have to provide transportation okay. so you can decide to go to any school you want in the ninth grade and thus you come up through that high school and through that system if you're an athlete he says uh, if you transfer again you must wait one calendar year so there is a, a transfer penalty if you transfer
2: again. So then your example of going to two, three different schools during your high school career is not basically not a possibility in Greenville County. Not unless you want to sit out, you know. Yeah, but I mean, how many you could, years? Yeah, yeah. You'd be, what, 20 years old by the time you graduated high school. But I mean, I'm not if you you kept know, I'm pick, sitting out. I, I'm not
1: picking on the young man, but the quarterback at Gaffney, uh, I think he's on like his fourth high school. You know, he started out in Columbia. And then he went up to Greenville High and uh, there might have been another stop in between and now he's at Gaffney. Uh, so
2: Well, I remember yeah. the story earlier this season that I think Monty Dutton brought up to you guys on the scoreboard show. The Hillcrest quarterback played against Lawrence one week and then transferred and was the starting quarterback for Lawrence the following week. That's right. Because
1: be- <laughs> they were they were in um, because he, the kid he lived, lived around Fountain Inn, right? He, he lived in a part. yeah, he lived in Lawrence yeah. County, but
2: he was close right. to Hillcrest High School. Yeah, Fountain Inn portion of Fountain Inn is actually in Lawrence County.
3: Yeah, would there be exceptions? Is what if what if somebody moves across town? They have a third kid, so they get a bigger house. They move from one part of Greenville County to the other side of Greenville County, and then it would make sense to choose schools. Would the child be punished then and have to sit out? I don't know. I don't know. And then where yeah, I'm going really with that question. is how long till people start trying to take advantage of that, and they just uproot their house. I'm like, hey, we'll beat the system and just move over to that other school district and give our son an opportunity to play quarterback at this bigger school. I found a story on Riley Staten, written by our buddy Sam Albuquerque, who's no longer in the
1: newspaper business. Back in July, Staten actually Gaffney's his fifth program since the eighth grade. Wow. Um, he grew up in Spartanburg County. His path has taken him from where he grew up in Spartanburg County to the Midlands, back to the upstate, where he grew up going to games on Friday nights at Gaffney. Okay, so three moves with five different uh, five different programs. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's, it's all – let's see. He never planned on ending up at Gaffney. The plan wasn't to transfer to Gray Collegiate or Chapman, It was always to stay at Oak Brook Prep, which was in Spartanburg, but then COVID had something to do with it. So that's one thing you have to consider with some of these transfers is the COVID year uh, made a lot of people transfer. The COVID year shut down the Oak Brook program, and so he transferred to Chapman so he could play as a freshman. After that, his father got a job in Columbia, so he transferred to Gray Collegiate. After his junior season, he decided to move back to the upstate to be closer to his grandmother who was fighting cancer but he went to Greenville High and he spent most of the spring playing for the Red Raiders but he said it didn't feel like home and so uh, then he transferred to uh, Gaffney after that so in this particular case i mean he had some he had some reasons for moving you know people yeah. do have
2: lives things happen yeah, perfectly yeah. legitimate reasons yeah yeah
1: so but it just looks strange to see a, a guy play at five different places mm-hmm. in, in five does. years. But all right, uh back to your phone calls 888-898-2525. Then we're gonna hear from one of the coaches uh here on this talking Tuesday. So we go to um Hank in uh, Columbia next. Hank, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you?
9: I'm doing fine, corn Yes, sir. Yeah, um yeah, that that, that young man's probably just a um uh, what you call an outlier or rarity. And and it's probably anytime you move, if your family picks up and moves to a new area and it's a bona fide move, y'all move, they've moved for jobs or whatever, you're immediately eligible in the zoned area of where you are. Mm -hmm. So that has no bearing on it. You know, what they're talking about is like, you know, you're going to go to a school out of zone. You have to establish a residency in ninth grade and, and you'll never have a situation where you got a kid 20 one plan or whatever, because the high school league has a situ- has a scenario where once you start playing, you have four years to play for. So you can't, you know, have a fifth year or a sixth year, <laughs> whatever in high school. You got you got <laughs> four <laughs> years to play for. It. So if you give up a if you give up a year, that's not like back when we were growing up. If you give up a year, um, you know, you're giving up a year of eligibility.
1: Well, you know, speaking of that, things like that. Nick Garzulo, the USC center who transferred from Yale. Says he plans to come back next year. It will be his seventh year in college, but he had yeah. a, he's got the COVID year, and then he had a couple of injury years. He had a redshirt year.
9: Uh, and he yeah, still has another year injured. of
1: eligibility, so he plans on returning to South Carolina, which would be his seventh year in college.
9: Well, you got some of them out there playing now, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. but corn. The one thing I would say about you were talking about the uh, you, you at the ladder, correct, corn
1: up home of champions. Yes,
9: home of champions. ladder home of champions. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things when you were t- asking people, are they happy now that high school people to make a rule on these charter schools? Um, from your perspective, me knowing about the situation, you should be happy because essentially what was going on is the charter schools were basically killing programs in those one and two A schools. There have been some programs in one A that have just shut down football. You know, if they've been in the same district. Two schools like North North and HKT are a combined football team now, when they used to be rivals mm-hmm. because of the, the the players that the charter schools were taken from those areas to there, and then, and there was a spreadsheet that went out last week, and as as good as Calhoun County has been, and you know the size of Calhoun County corn, mm-hmm. they have thirty six athletes
4: who attend
9: grade. Now Calhoun County had, had had a pretty good year, and I think they. I think they got knocked out of the playoffs last week, but they had a pretty good year. But you can imagine what kind of year they could have had if they had those 36 athletes over there, considering how small Cowan County High School is.
1: Yeah, you're right. It hurts. You're a small county. You're a small school. It hurts when you lose players like that somewhere else. I didn't realize that North and HKT had combined. probably explains why HKT got really good all of a sudden.
9: Yeah, North. And that situation is another scenario. North had some kids that, you know, you can say they chose to go to gray or they were pretty good and gray said it will look a lot better over here than with North or whatever. But it got to the point. you You don't want some of these small schools and small town programs to not have enough boys in the school or players to have a program so you're shutting down football programs. Because for those small towns, oftentimes football is the only entertainment And what brings the town
1: together. That's right. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing in town. The school. The school's the biggest employer. uh, And in these towns, everything revolves around the schools. That's why the small towns, as best they can, have fought to uh, avoid um, losing their schools. I know, like, in my hometown, Latta, Latta is unique. Believe it or not, in Dillon County, Latta is its own school district. There's Dillon School yeah. District 1, I think, and then there's, and, and that encompasses Lakeview. Dillon took over Lakeview. Dillon runs the Lakeview School District. LATTA has fought Dillon's efforts to take over the LATTA School District. And so far, they've been successful in in keeping things status quo there for, for all these uh, decades and almost, you know, hundreds, well, over 100 years. Um, and, and they want that. They don't want their school. They don't want a consolidated uh, county high school in that county, at least from that town, because the school means everything. You know, go around that area, drive through McCall, uh, where Zach Willis grew up, drive through Clio, drive through Wallace, drive through Blenheim. They all used to have high schools. All yep. those towns have pretty much dried up.
2: I hate to they say have, it;
1: they have all pretty no, much dried right, up now. Have, absolutely, yeah. is it better for the county to have Marlboro County High School over in Bennettsville, which is what they've got? Is that better for everybody? I mean,
2: I don't or know. Or Union County High School in the Upstate, Phil? You know, it took over what McCormick? What did McCormick? No, not McCormick. Jonesville, not McCormick. Jonesville, that's right. Jonesville and Lockhart. Jonesville Lockhart.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know. I don't know I, towns that lose their high schools. That's a that's a big blow. You might as well just go ahead and shovel dirt on them.
9: Yep. And so that's the reason, you know, when you get uh, that down that spreadsheet, Gray had people from a lot of these small towns. Mm-hmm. So sort the of big schools don't mind. Let them come up there and play. You know, Dorman basketball team would would stand toe to toe and play with Gray any of these last couple of years. And and a couple of times they played. You know, Gray has lost to. Like a Ridgeview when they were had it going and all that, but these smaller districts where a number they were getting the best player out of there or whatever, you were causing programs to shut down, which really affects the school and eventually affects the town. And so I understand those one and two A schools fighting to say, hey, this you know we we have to do something about this mm-hmm. um, because you know north the north or let's say the HKT team could win a state championship in one A and that means the world for that town. Years year and that team might not be able to compete against the three A four school but you should have a team playing in their division that can fly across the vegas and complete compete nationally with everybody else especially when some of the players came from your your
1: school yeah all right thank you very much <laughs> great stuff appreciate that all right more calls coming up we got to get to coaches it is a talking tuesday brought to you by touchstone energy cooperatives and the touchstone energy cooperatives bowl Coming up on December 9th. Make sure you get your tickets for that and get on down and enjoy a great time at the beach. Okay, um, Berkey, we're going to let you uh, do the call the coin flip here. This is a an online. We don't Nobody here has any money. So we're using an online <laughs> imaginary so <sad>. coin.
2: <laughs>
1: so you call heads or tails, and I'll push the button.
2: Well, since I wander out for the opening coin toss every week for Coastal Carolina, Sam Pinckney, who is a wide receiver who now has the NCAA record for consecutive games with a, a catch. Before you Greenwood
1: finish, kit. before you finish, let me say heads is South Carolina and Tails is Clemson. So go ahead.
2: Okay. Um and uh, I'll go with what Sam has done every week that he's been a visitor and got to call the talls. I'll take Tails. Tails. All right. So if it's Tails,
1: we hear from Dabo. If it's heads, we hear from Beamer. So here we go. Flipping, flipping, flipping. It is Tails. Tails never fails. Tails never (laughs) fails. All right, time to tell a tale nobody better than Dabo Sweeney.
6: Great opportunity again this week. You know, uh, November is here and and, uh, we're off to a good start and got an opportunity to have a great finish. Uh, It's a heck of a football team coming in. It doesn't get easier. You know, this is another – elite quarterback Uh, and I mean this guy's going to play you know this guy's going to play football for a long time if if good Lord keeps him healthy he's going to play a long time and so it's one of those cool opportunities to to play against one one of the best Uh, he's a great one and and makes everybody they got a lot of good players uh, but he's one of them guys that you know, he makes the coaches better, he makes the fans better, he makes the popcorn taste better, everything's better. Uh, and you got a dude like that, you know, under center. So great, great player and a and a great matchup. They've had a heck of a year. They're coming off a big win. We're coming off a big win. Uh so no both teams will want the same thing. So we've got to have a great week of preparation, off to a good start last night. Um, but uh you know I uh, love Mac Brown he's y'all y'all know that he's a he's a great friend and and uh you know someone that I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for and um you know always tough to to compete against uh, his teams uh they're always well coached and um, again it starts with their offense I mean they're average they're third in the country so last week I think that bunch was 14th in the country and and this, here we go. They're third in the country, about 500 something yards a game, and <clears throat> um, just do a great job with, with uh, you know, their all their all their schemes. They run a lot of lot of zone, a lot of swap zone stuff, and and million RPOs and play action game. And again, you got a quarterback that it's just he's just back there having fun. You know, he's got some toys to play with. I think this is probably uh, as good a back as we've seen. Uh, he's elite. I mean, leads the league in rushing. Uh, I think he's second in the nation. I mean, he's elite, uh, tied in. That's a great player. They got them receivers out there. Um, you know, obviously number nine is a guy that everybody talks about, and they, as they should, but, man, them other guys are good, too. I mean, they got they got some guys that with a lot of experience that have made a lot of plays. They've spread the ball out. It's pretty it's pretty well distributed all across the board. Uh, the running back's very involved in the run game, a lot of screens. Um so it's just a well-coordinated deal, very balanced, and uh, they've only turned it over eight times uh, all year long. So they've done a good job taking care of the the football and and uh, got an experienced group up front. But you know, tempo and and um, you know, trying to you know trying to manage the tempo and trying to affect this quarterback obviously is is you know the biggest challenge because uh, they do a great job. And then over on the defensive side, uh, saw some of these guys last year. So I think. I think they're they're big up front. Uh, they've got some guys that are that are that are twitchy, especially that number eight in there. He's great, big physical dude, great hands. I think all their backers have got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, those guys have played a lot of football, and and you know now it's game eleven. Uh, so you know they a lot of these guys were new in the secondary as as relates to last year when we saw them, but they've all got a ton of snaps, a ton of experience. Uh, so. You know, going to be a great day in the Valley. It's, it's a special day, uh, senior day, always a, um, uh, a fun day to, to be able to recognize and honor guys that, that, have, that chose to come to Clemson and, and, then, and not only chose to come to Clemson, but they finished. And that, that is, that to me, is special. I, I've, always, uh, I've always valued the senior. I think it's just something that's pretty special about, uh, especially today, you know, a guy who finishes. And, and to me, it's all about graduation. You know, football, sometimes it works out the way you want. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, this is a hard game. It's not a, it's not a game with a long shelf life. Uh, it's not a game of longevity. And so, you know, to see these guys come to Clemson, some of them graduating in three years, four years, five years, whatever it is, um, and equipping themselves as men and equipping themselves with their education and, and just, you know, a network and relationships and figuring life out to me that's a huge part of what college is all about and uh, just really proud of them it's most people really have no concept of how hard it is to do what these guys have done and what they've had to persevere through what they have to you know everybody just kind of sees you know you run down the hill and you, you get to you know uh wear the clemson helmet and you get a lot of good cool gear and and uh and you know you play in front of lots of people but there's so much work that goes into it that people don't see there's so much um uh, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of, there's a lot of again, perseverance, uh, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of commitment that, that, that these student athletes have to endure over their time. And to see them finish this phase of their life, if you will, this season of their life, it's, um, it's a special time. So, you know, we try to do a good job of honoring them, and it's, and it's special for the parents, too. Those of you who are parents, you know, it's you, you know, you, you never think your kids are going to get to that point, you know, and then you look up and you go, "Dang, you're a graduate from college, you know, and it's it's just a, it's just a it's a new season of life for parents, too. And uh, Larry, you're going to be there soon. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's it's just a, a great day, you know, because something is coming to an end. And, you know, but and, and you, you want to celebrate that. But something great's coming as well. Um, So it'll be a good day in the Valley, and and, uh, 3.30, so I know that'll that'll make our fans happy. Everybody's been eating eggs and grits uh, for the last, seems like, few weeks. So uh, we got a 3.30 game. Uh, That'll that'll be a a great thing for our fans, especially with all the traffic trying to get in here and all that stuff.
7: Last year in the title game, y'all did a pretty good job defending Drake, all things considered. What do you think the key was
6: um, to do? Um, Honestly, we didn't do a great job. we, they had 26 first downs and they were 9 of 16 on third down and um, you know they were, they were a lot more efficient than we wanted them to be I think he was about 64% completion uh, so we didn't do quite as good a job as the score re- indicated the, the difference was they were red zone they were 2 of 5 in the red zone we had a block kick we stopped them on downs we had 3 turnovers and uh, so you know they kind of like we've done this year We've gotten a lot of first and well, what we have twenty nine first downs against Duke five hundred yards, but a bunch of turnovers uh in the red zone on the one, and you end up getting beat so you know that's kind of what happened happened in that game so we took advantage of turnovers uh, we hit some big plays, obviously we had the pick six uh, was a big play, and it was probably our best game offensively you know we played really really well, very efficient, we didn't turn it over. I don't think we had any sacks uh, I think we were really good on third down in that game so that's it. I mean, they, it was kind of a bend but don't break type of a night for us defensively. Um, it wasn't a game that felt comfortable, honestly, because again, we, you know, they were moving the ball. Uh, we just held up in the red zone, and that was that was critical. Uh, so we're gonna have to do better. Uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be better. We gotta be better on third down. Uh, we we've gotta we've gotta you know defend better on the back seven. Um, that was. Probably the worst thing we did all last year was our pass defense. And we've made great improvements, but this will be a huge challenge, you know, because they are a big play offense. I mean, like massive explosives. Um, and a lot of it comes from Drake. I mean, he's a he's a guy that, that you know, he's he looks to run. You know, he, he he'll sit in there and when he looks to run, he looks to, he'll create, extend, he'll scramble, and then he'll hit a guy for a 60-yard touchdown. And it just drives you crazy. So you got to cover him forever, or he'll run for twenty. You know, I mean, he just he's just got the ability. And then and then they play action, or uh, they'll they'll max protect. And here comes the shot, the deep post, the double move outside, um, and uh, he can place the ball where it needs to be placed. So. You know, we gotta, we got we to gotta minimize the big play, be better on third down, and then we got to continue to – if we can – red zone will be a huge part of this game, red zone offense and defense. And if you look at us, we've scored touchdowns in the red zone, and we, we minimized them and uh, turned them over and blocked a kick.
2: You invited North Dakota State down when you were the head coach – or when Chris Kleiman was up there, who's now with K-State, and he raved about that impact. And so that lasting impact that a relationship can have um, – I guess I'm wondering how that's affected you personally and the way you approach coaches.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, I I try to always respond to people, you know. And we we we, you know, I mean, I'm not going to let Beamer come down here and hang out, uh, but you know, I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, but but I mean, I, we we have an open door policy here. I mean, we have coaches from all over come, you know. And I just I mean all over, all the time. I mean, I've met with lots of head coaches. Uh, we go places, um, sometimes we may not go there or here, but we meet other places and you know i just think i just i think that 's what 's unique about our profession. I always have said that i I think the coaching we compete, we battle um, but you know then we get together and and we swap notes right like it's it's a it 's a unique business that way you know coke doesn 't gather up with Pepsi at the end of the year and go all right boys let's let 's see what we got this year how do we do and, you know nike doesn 't call up adidas and get together and you know, uh, share notes, but but football coaches do that, and and but for me personally, I mean, I know I've benefited because other people have been gracious to uh, teach and and help me learn, and and uh, and I've so I've always taken a lot of pride in, in giving back that way. You know, that's that's the way I can pay back a guy like Mac Brown, who really helped me, is to help someone else, and uh, I think that's I think that's. I think that's very important um, to do that. And just like when I was out of coaching, the two seasons that I was out of coaching, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I called. I didn't get a call back. You know, I didn't even get a, you know, like, thanks for the resume. Uh, you know, we'll keep on file. You know, nothing. Uh, so I've, I've tried to always be responsive that way throughout the years.
1: All right, Dabo Sweeney from his press conference earlier today, previewing the game with North Carolina here on a Talking Tuesday. After the break, we'll hit you up with the recruiting report. Then, USC coach Shane Beamer, his comments from his press conference today. And then we'll finish it up with some more phone calls, 888-898-2525. Don't forget, everything from the coaches, we're giving you just a taste. Everything from the coaches is available on our website, sportstalksc.com. You can also find the coaches up in podcast form on the various places where we uh, house our podcasts, like SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., etc. You can find it there. Okay? So after the break, we'll give you recruiting, and then we will hear from Shane Beamer here on Sports Talk. It's a Talking Tuesday here on the Sports Talk Media Network. So do y'all think Trump is coming to the uh, Clemson-South Carolina game a week from Saturday? I, I mean, don't know why been... he
2: wouldn't. I mean, it's a great campaign opportunity for him in a state he carried the last time he was running for president. Also, with Nikki
1: Haley gaining momentum, she being a Clemson person and supporting the Tigers, he could win over, if he needed to, half the state by going and being a Gamecock fan, if that's what he's going there to do. <laughs> if indeed it's happening, nobody, I don't think it's been confirmed yet. Uh, Governor McMaster was asked about it today by reporters, and he didn't say anything about it being confirmed, just that he would be with him if he if he showed up. I had a guy send me a message who said, um, he said, is uh, a Gamecock fan. He goes, it can't get any better. Trump will bring a guaranteed Gamecock win. And I wrote back and I said, well, even if the Gamecocks lose, he'll insist that they won. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good comeback there. Um, so we'll see what happens if Donald Trump comes to Columbia again. Uh, I, was I will there. say
2: this, though. If the, if the former president of the United States is coming to a football game, get there early. Not just the media, all of you fans. Well, because security will be tight as a drum for that i was there i believe it was
1: 1980 i think i was uh, i think it was 1980 um south carolina versus i want to say notre dame uh ronald reagan was that was um election time i think it was october it was state fair week i think it was 1980 had to be and uh i was there at williams bryce Sitting in the stands up at the very top row of the of the uh, end zone where the mm. zone is now. It wasn't the zone then it was just a right just an end zone. And um, it was State Fair week. It was South Carolina, Notre Dame I think, 1980. You can fact check me on that. And Ronald Reagan coming for the game. Uh, you're right, that place was locked up tighter than Fort Knox. And, of course, he had a gazillion people there with the game and the
2: fair going on. Um, (laughs) A Secret Service nightmare.
1: Yeah, I guess. I I I mean, it had to be. I was sitting up at the top row. I could look out of the stadium. Back then, of course, you parked cars next to the stadium and you could drive cars right up next to the stadium. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And his uh, motorcade came up and there was a convertible in front of his limo and it was open, open air. And you could see a guy sitting on the back seat up raised up kind of like on the trunk area there, and he had a machine gun in his lap. I mean, I don't make that up. Uh, And there were, I think they had, like, snipers up around the stadium mm -hmm. with rifles and binoculars, just keeping an eye on the crowd, you know, in case something cropped up on that.
3: Um, This wouldn't be the first time Trump's attended games, too. He went to that Georgia-Alabama National Championship game in Atlanta while he was president. He went to the Clemson-LSU National Championship game. Uh, he also went to an Alabama-Auburn game, and then I believe the Army-Navy game he went to a, a couple of times, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's no stranger to going to college games. Okay,
1: so we'll see if it, indeed that happens, and that, of course, will just add to an already congested situation in Columbia. On to the recruiting report brought to you by Seawells. Okay, uh, it's Wednesday tomorrow for the Seawells Daily Lunch and Buffet. For $14, you can get the best uh, buffet lunch that is available, I really think, anywhere in America. Uh, and, of course, the quality is unmatched. Uh, and And Pat will testify to that. What's on the menu for tomorrow there, Pat?
3: Sorry, That's all right. Thank you, Tom. One second, having an audio issue with our stream. I was trying to multitask and fix. Okay, Peggy that time. should Peggy be good. good. All right, so over at Seawells tomorrow on hump day will be carved turkey with cornbread dressing, southern fried chicken, and chicken pot pie, and then Thursday, carved applewood smoked ham, southern fried chicken, and fried pork chops. Then capping off the week, Phil's favorite, little roast beef Friday, mm. RBF, along with southern fried chicken and fried flounder. You know I See, really- that would be a perfect campaign stop for Donald Trump if the
2: former president does come back. Have him go in on Friday for a roast beef Friday at Seawells next week. He would fit perfectly.
3: <laughs> I will personally give him all
1: the gravy that his heart can desire. Okay, so so I need to f- – uh, uh, so it wasn't 1980 because they didn't play Notre Dame in 1980, South Carolina. Uh, and they played Notre Dame in 79 at Notre Dame. Maybe I've just got the wrong team. They play them in 84? Um, and they played Notre Dame in 84? 84, they played at Notre Dame, and they ah, won. Okay. They played them in Columbia in '83. Wouldn't have been '83 when this happened, of course. That was in October. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was '83 gearing up. For you know re-election. what? It might have been '83 because he wouldn't have had all that Secret Service in '80 because he wasn't president yet. Right. So maybe it was '83 when they played Notre Dame. They got beat
2: thirty to six. But he really didn't need a whole lot of help. He was running against Walter Mondale, <laughs> and he vote yep. raised. You know, Mondale, I guess it so might didn't have need been a whole lot of campaigning.
1: Eighty three. Uh, well, he wouldn't have been the, the election though would have been in eighty four. But maybe he was starting right. off his campaign. Yeah, but exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I do remember that. Maybe I got the years wrong, but I do remember Notre Dame Reagan. And it, is, it was in October, October the 8th, which would have been, I guess, during fair week. So all that fits. must have been 83. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Okay. Um, all right. So to uh, recruiting. Oh, by the way, Sea uh, Whales, uh, uh, make sure you call them. You need uh, the best in the catering business. 803-771-7385 is the number. And online at seawellscateringsc.com. So, uh, checked in with one of Clemson's uh, big offensive line targets and USC target, Elijah Thurman, 6'5", 275, Hinesville, Georgia, visited Clemson officially for the Georgia Tech game. That was his third to the campus this year. He camped in June, and he took in the Florida State game in September. This visit allowed him to make a deep dive into things at Clemson. Really liked what he saw from the culture standpoint. From what Dabo Sweeney had to tell him, from the fact that uh, Clemson's going to be losing some offensive linemen, from watching uh, offensive line coach Thomas Austin and getting to know him better, all that was big. Also, the education is a big thing with him, and he likes the fact that Sweeney has graduated 98% of all his football players that have come through. So Clemson is up in his top three right now. It looks like it's Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia Tech at this point. He'll take an official to South Carolina – On December the 8th, he continues to talk regularly with offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley and he is talking to Georgia Tech and that's another school that he would like to take an official visit to, but no date has been set. He did visit Tech unofficially in July. Asked if he had a number one, Thurman said he couldn't really identify one right now because he still had those other official visits he wants to take. Also, South Carolina will have some visitors in this weekend, as will Clemson. And one who is coming in to see uh, South Carolina this weekend is going to be an offensive lineman, Isaac Spike Souls, And he is out of Louisville, Kentucky, 6'2", 292. He plays center, among other positions, and he plans to take an unofficial visit to South Carolina this coming weekend he was at Louisville this past weekend right there in his hometown and tomorrow big basketball announcement Joyce Edwards from Camden regarded by uh, many some few as a number one player in the country certainly number one player in the state in the 24 class Uh, she's announcing at 545 Clemson LSU and South Carolina the finalists not real sure where she might land, but those are her three stated finalists, Clemson, LSU, and South Carolina. The Gamecocks did get the final official visit from her.
2: And we'll let you know you what happens think, tomorrow night. You wouldn't think that Clemson would be in the mix, but you want to talk about a big recruiting win and one that Amanda Butler, if she's ever going to turn the direction of that program around, that would be one there. Yeah. Because you, you know how you talk about football recruits and you don't necessarily, we don't buy into the star ratings, but we go with the teams that are recruiting them. I mean, you, you can't go up against much better than the Gamecocks in LSU right now in women's basketball. I
1: agree. Okay, there you go with the recruiting report tonight. Remember to check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com. On Twitter, use the hashtag STrecruiting. All right, let's get to the comments from Shane Beamer, USC head football coach. As he met with the media today, the Gamecocks have Kentucky coming to town. That line is down to a point and a half. Kentucky is still favored. Gamecocks won last year at Lexington. And uh, here is Shane Beamer expressing his uh, great respect for the Kentucky football team that's coming to Columbia Saturday night.
7: You know what you're facing when you face uh, a Mark Stoops team, physical and competitive, extremely well coached, and this team is is no different. They've played some really good teams here over the last five weeks, uh, arguably the four best teams in our league. Uh, when you talk about Alabama, Georgia, um Tennessee and who they lose the other one, Missouri. Uh, the four teams, so that's four losses in their last five games against some really good teams, and and they've you know uh, uh, are really really talented. Obviously, with offensively, it starts with the the run game and uh, the way they are able to run the football big offensive line accurate quarterback that can make all the throws and then a really talented group of receivers and tight ends that we've seen the last uh, couple years defensively uh, coach stoops is a defensive guy they do a fantastic job well coached Um, don't really necessarily try and trick you what they do they're very good at and uh, they know how teams try and attack it and they're very well coached and very disciplined so you have to beat them uh, from a offensive standpoint versus their defense, and then really dangerous in on special teams with talented returners and and um, good cover teams. So it'll be a big challenge for us. We need a great week of practice, had a good day today, and uh, need our crowd to be an advantage for us on Saturday night, and no, they will be. Uh, injury was in decent shape. Trey Knox practiced today. He should be fine for Saturday uh, to carry on, I would say, is very doubtful for Saturday and Trey Jones will be out Saturday. But um, other than that, we're in solid shape and hopefully we can continue to get through the week healthy. Questions? Shayna, the defense, the three-man front has gotten a little bit of attention the past couple of weeks and obviously is coming off a good game against Vanderbilt. Just kind of what led to that decision uh, and just do you see, um, you know, not asking for the game plan, but do you see that going forward a little more often? Uh, Yeah, I think each week is different. Um, You know, Kentucky plays a different style of football offensively than Jacksonville State does. You know, Jacksonville State was going to go a million miles an hour and try and run 100 plays a game. Um, uh, Kentucky does not. They're going to get – with multiple personnel groupings and shift motion, and and try and shorten the game and run fewer plays. I think they're averaging like fifty-eight plays a game offensively or something. Uh, Vanderbilt was different than Jacksonville State. Kentucky's different than Vanderbilt. So every week we're going to do what gives us the best chance to be successful. You know, knock on wood, we've played pretty good defense against Kentucky the last couple years, primarily playing out of a you know four down look as well. So we'll see. Each week is different, without a doubt. Um, You do what gives you the best chance to be successful. And then where it came from was really, um, honestly, just hadn't been playing good defense. Uh, throughout the year and after the Missouri game kind of said what's the, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again expect a different result so say that yeah and uh not that we were playing bad I mean we held Georgia to 24 points and played good defense but just giving up too many explosive plays and needed to get you know more athletes on the field at more more often that being Bam Scott Jaron Willis you know whoever it might be so um we've always played some three down, odd, whatever you want to call it. This this is a little bit different in that we're doing it with, you know, a little bit of a different personnel grouping out there. DJ Braswell, in terms of what he's going to probably have to do over these next couple weeks because of the injuries, what have you seen that makes you feel good about this young man, especially at this point of the year in comparison to when he first arrived here? Uh, he he's a competitor. He doesn't say a whole lot, Mike, but he competes and he doesn't back down from, from anyone. You know, you get out there on the practice field, our practices are very uh, competitive and those guys on defense, they, they give him a hard time and I don't want to say rough him up, but they, they, they get after him pretty good out there at times, you know, our older guys on defense and things like that, but he doesn't back down from any of them. He competes and, and um, you know, he's a guy that doesn't really say a whole lot, just kind of He's the he's the same day in, day out, consistent, steady, and, and uh, has worked to get better at all parts of the game, not just running the football.
5: Shane, it's that time of the year. Your name's come up at Mississippi State because of your past career there and your family connection there in Starkville. Any comment on that? And now it seems like schools are dismissing coaches because of that, important december signing day to kind of shore things up is that a good trend for the for 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 this game these days as a acting coach
7: that wants to not get fired no it's not a good trend um <laughs> particularly during the season so no I don't like that trend I hate to see it for Jimbo I hate to see it for Zach and you realize that's part of it when you when you get into the profession but I also understand I mean I know I got hired two years ago and it was crazy because I got hired whatever it was the second week of December and it's a week or 10 days before signing day and and you got the portal and everything else you're dealing with and when when uh, someone makes when a school makes a change you automatically see it's like sharks in the water with transfers and things like that as well so i get it part of it and then as far as mississippi state uh, i understand the connection uh wife is from starkville mississippi state grad i spent three years there not to mention that zach their athletic director is one of my best friends in the entire world in fact the night before i interviewed for this job we spent thanksgiving with he and his family and and uh, he and I talk regularly and got a ton of respect for him. And he's doing an awesome job in Starkville. But no, this is where I want to be and love Columbia and want to be here for a long time. And, and uh, said when I got hired, that this was my dream job and still feel that way. And in my mind, we're just, just getting started here. Hey, Coach, after picking up a, a good win, we had some players in here saying that the energy today at practice just felt a little bit different. Is that something that you noticed out there? And what can that momentum do to help a football team? Um, yeah, I certainly noticed it today, but I think it's always been good on Tuesdays. Uh, I didn't, I thought the energy was awesome on, and I've come in here and said it to you guys. The, the, the energy has been great at practice, whether we had lost the Saturday before won the Saturday before, these guys are awesome. They come back and work every single week with great spirit and great energy. I'd say there was maybe a little bit more of a, uh efficiency maybe the word today just very business-like competitive spirited energetic but a really good pace and, and very efficient with what we were trying to get done and and didn't see a lot of you know mistakes if you will you know very focused on what we were trying to get done
6: coach Trey Knox and Josh Simon have really you know meshed together between the two of them and also have been a very big part for your offense kind of walk me through what you're seeing from them on the
1: field and off the field
7: yeah they've um They've really been good. You know, we knew when we brought those two guys in that it was going to be a big, both big additions for our team. One, because they're really good players, but two, they played a lot of football. And um, they weren't young guys. Josh was a fantastic player at Western Kentucky. And Trey, obviously, his career at Arkansas speaks for itself. So we were getting experienced guys in that room to go along with a bunch of freshmen like we have with Connor and Reed and uh, maurice brown so they've been fantastic from that standpoint and really complement each other really well you know trey i think has helped i know he's helped josh and josh i'm sure has helped trey and uh they both have really worked to become good players josh as he's shown as a weapon when the ball's in his hands he's hard to bring down trey's a guy that obviously he was a receiver that grew into a tight end so you see that in the passing game they both have worked really hard to uh, get better in the run game also. So those, those two guys are key key parts of our offense, and, and they've worked to improve as players this year as well, along with being great leaders. Did I hear it was your birthday, Phil? That's what I hear. Happy birthday, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Thank you. I feel the love. Yep, I can tell in here. <laughs> <laughs> I got three for you. Uh, of uh, course.
1: <laughs> First of all, uh, what do you ask of your coaches this time of year with the job – opening up and assistant coaches maybe contact what what do you ask of them in particular uh, i'm interested in uh coach Loggins in, in arkansas with that job opened do you have to talk with him you know is there communication there uh and then thirdly um thoughts on uh, donald trump coming next week to the uh football game that's two reportedly allegedly you have that's two you
7: said you had three Well, no um, coaches, how, how do you? Coaches, now Trump. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was not on the bingo card when I came in here today as well. Uh, coaches, this time of year, like all always, feel, just keep me abreast of anything. Uh, be honest with me. I don't want to get surprised by anything. Uh, we, we are full attention right now. Better not be on other jobs. First of all, we, we our focus right now better be on Kentucky and getting our football team better is the only thing that anybody should be um, thinking about, you know, I've been places where you're assistant coach and this time of year, coaches' offices, assistant coaches' offices, sometimes those doors are shut more than they should be and they're in there on the phone not navigating the next move. We better not have any of that here. And our focus better be – on kentucky and kentucky only having said that i will all, and i've told our staff i'll always help them if there's an opportunity out there that they feel like is a better situation or a promotion for their family or a chance to advance their career i don't want to ever stand in the way i was an assistant coach for 20 plus 20 years before i became a head coach so i get it i've been in that chair but uh, right now our full attention is on kentucky and and um and uh, nothing else. As far as Dow specifically, you're talking about their offensive coordinator job being open? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what Sam's plans are out in Arkansas, but, you know, I think Dow's very happy here. But certainly when I saw that news a couple weeks ago with – The situation at Arkansas, I, you know, Dow and I had some conversations, and I know he's very, you know, happy here, and his family's happy here, and we we are super happy, you know, that he's here uh, as well. So I don't think there's anything to say on that one other than he and I have talked, and I'll keep those conversations between us and and the other one you're referring to is next week. We'll talk about next week, next week. I got enough to worry about this week with Kentucky.
1: All right, there you go, Shane Beamer. We got to run to a quick break. Here on Sports Talk, and we'll be right back.
0: It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
2: You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com com slash
8: better you
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity. And members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts and sporting events through Co-op Connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives. And as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
2: Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges in Clinton and Lawrence at 864 923 217 for for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs.
1: All right, going to wrap it up. For those of you we left holding, sorry. We'll get to you tomorrow night. Got backed up here on Talking Tuesday. Chris, thank you very much. Hope you had a great yes, time sir. up at Clemson. A good ride up there and good ride back. And Always
2: good to get free Chick-fil-A.
1: No, you can't beat it. You can't <laughs> beat it. Uh, and you're well liked up there, so that's they probably welcomed you with open arms. Uh, and Pat, thank you as always. It's good seeing you, and Gavin, great job over there. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, and thanks everybody for being with us tonight. Hope you have a great night. Look forward to being with you tomorrow night right here on Sports Talk. We'll see you then.